This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us again as we take this journey of creating a just society right where we are. And today I am excited to welcome back my good friend Kevin Williams. In the last episode, you heard of his ministry in Colorado to those facing the decision of abortion. Today we're going to learn about other ministries he is connected to and how many people are creating that just society for the unborn and their parents right where they are. So, Kevin, welcome back. Thank you for having me. It's a great honor and opportunity to to share. Yes, and uh, again, I'm so very inspired by what you do. Uh, what are some of the other ministries that you're connected to, uh, what other people are doing in relation to abortion? Well, there's so many uh, crisis pregnancy centers, or, uh, and there's uh, Gabriel House, all different kinds of, like, I'm parked across the street from the Catholic Church here in Fort Collins, and they have a Gabriel House. They uh, recently changed the name to uh, Marisol Health. But uh, they've got like a basement set aside has like five rooms completely filled with baby hand knitted. I mean, there's probably a prayer in every stitch of baby, uh, baby blankets and hoodies and socks and, and, you know, gently used clothes, just shelves and shelves and shelves of, uh, of stuff for children up to about two years old. And they have, they usually have crates of uh, diapers and formula and they've, I've gotten strollers and car seats from them, and uh, and then they don't do the ultrasounds there. But almost every, any population center has got a, a similar ministry, generally with, uh, not always, but generally in the Catholic churches, they'll, they'll have these. And then there's, there's uh, a couple of pregnancy centers that are here in Fort Collins. Uh, one is uh, Alpha Center, and then another one is the nearby uh, sister city of uh, Lovelanders Life Choices, and uh, they they have all all kinds of uh, help within the community. Uh, they have people that are very well well equipped and spoken on uh, you know the social services and assistance for rent and and uh, then there's uh, maternity homes. They're just building a maternity home. A friend of mine uh, comes and prays with us every. Saturday at the abortion clinic, and then uh, he spends about 20, 20 hours a week uh, helping them renovate an old uh, rectory that they're going to uh, have have it fitted for six women, and uh, they're just uh, on the home stretch of doing all that. Uh, I have there's families who have told me if you, if you have a teenage girl or a girl that's uh, that's pregnant and threatened with uh, being homeless, we have an extra room. We just uh, we, we can help them, and uh, I've got a lot of friends that I could uh, call and, and 
text and email, and hey, this 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 uh, couple's going to be evicted. The guy broke his leg or whatever the situation may be, and they need some help with their rent. Usually, sometimes just one phone call, and and all I'll hear is give me a a name to put on the check and an address or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, we've given girls cars. Uh, uh, there's a lot of generous Once you've done this for a while, you, you just keep running into people that say, I can't do what, what you do, but I can help, you know? And one, one particular, uh, couple, they're both doctors. And, uh, they told me that, uh, Kevin, we know you've got a really junky old car, and we'd like to give you a car. And I said, well, that, actually, someone just gave me their car. I mean, it's junky, too, but it's it's got 160,000 miles, and it's it's a 18-year-old car, and, but it belonged to a friend of mine who passed away. His wife gave it to me, and I, uh, it's kind of partial to it. Oh, no, this car is almost new, Kevin. We're, I got pregnant, and, and we're, we have to upscale. We'd, this is only four years old. It only has 40,000 miles. It's all-wheel drive. And, and I said, well, we are looking for a girl for this, uh, a car for this girl that, that her parents wrecked her car up on the reservation in South Dakota. And, and uh, well, you could, give her, you could give her Dan's car, and we could, you could keep this one. I said, uh, Karen, I would feel about one inch tall if I gave her the crummy car oh, yeah. and and, and kept a nice one. I want, I want you to, to pray about this because this, this, this is an expensive car. I want you to pray about it and uh, and get back 10 minutes later. Well, I prayed about it. We'll give her the car. So oh, that's great. we uh, <laughs> took the car all the way up to, to uh, South Dakota and stuff. But we've got girls' cars. We've sent girls to one girl uh, sent to a police academy, the pro-life community, and churches all pitched in. Uh, this girl was, she's, this is a really cool story. This girl was sitting on the bench <clears throat> waiting to go into Planned Parenthood just several years ago. She's crying and I was calling out to her and calling out to her and, and I started talking about adoption and she hops up off the bench. She, she makes a beeline for me, hops off the wall right in front of me. She said, I've got three children, a one-year-old, a two-year-old, a three-year-old. And the, I'm pregnant. And the father of this baby is on his way to the penitentiary. We're through. I can't afford another baby, and I won't do adoption. And it seemed like it was the best fit, so I, I couldn't think of anything else. I said, can I tell you a personal story? She said, yes. I was just got off of work, and I was uh, reading this book on a man camp up in Wyoming, an oil rig. And, and uh, the the author of the book said that a lot of women go into to counseling and that are planning abortion, the counselors will, will say, you know, adoption is a viable option. And, and more often than not, the girls say, huh, what kind of a mother would give her baby away? And then we'd go and have an abortion. And as I was reading this, this Bible story just sort of flashing and flashing. I couldn't make it quit until I, I found this Bible story. It goes like this. There were two women that had babies at the same time. And one of the women rolled over and smothered her baby in her sleep, and she switched babies. It was up to Solomon to determine who the authentic, the true mother was. So he said, bring me a sword. He said, divide the living child in two. Give half to the one and half to the other. But the woman whose child was living, she said that she had compassion for her son, and she, she threw herself between the sword and the child. And she said, oh, my Lord, give her the living child by no means harm him 
But the other woman said, Let him be neither mine nor hers, but divide him. And I said, Sweetheart, these, these are the two women, the woman that loves her baby so much that she would give it to someone else before she'd see any harm. She knows she's going to cry an ocean of tears, but she would rather give that baby to someone else than, than see any harm come to it. But the woman who says, let him be neither mine nor hers, but divide him, that's a woman who'd say, huh, what kind of a mother would give her baby away and then have an abortion? I mean, her face is full of tears. Oh, <laughs> and uh, wow. she said, I'll, I'll look in. To, we hooked her up with the adoption agency, but in the meantime, we all uh, pitched in and sent her to police ac- academy, and then she she has a career now, and she decides she's able to parent after all. So she kept her. Wow. And they almost always wow. do. Wow. What a great story. When almost almost every time a girl decides they're going to uh, make an adoption plan because you know their circumstances are so miserable and mm-hmm. homeless or or broken down vehicle and unemployed with They just, they almost every time you can almost take it to the bank that, that they're going to find themselves being blessed. God is going to rain down prosperity on them. And by the time the baby is born, they discover that they're able to, to parent after all. And they've, I always tell these girls, I said, the reason is because he who sends mouths will also send bread if we just put our trust in him. Mm, yeah, great. Thank you for sharing that. Now, I don't know if we can name names or not, but I've heard some radical stories coming out of Atlanta uh, around this issue of abortion and baby saves and things and some uh, out-of-the-box things that are going on to walk with mothers and babies. Do you want to share some of that? Okay. Um, I'm not real familiar with Atlanta uh, right now, I know Tennessee. I've had a, I've got a friend named Curran Black Mercer who saved thousands of babies from abortion. Oh, and I may have gotten the cities wrong there. Then, so yeah. Uh, I know I've got friends in Tennessee, and it's the abortion there is severely restricted. But they've been traveling to uh, Illinois and Ohio, and Ohio is just like Colorado, just. Uh, steeped in an abortion, like an abortion mecca, but uh, there's a there's a lot of lot of pro life activists that are that are the ones that are most effective are the ones that that are most hands on. You know, when mm. if you if God knows He can trust that soul and that, and that family to you that you're going to do go out of the way and and go that extra mile to to help them and disciple them and make sure their needs are all met, then God will entrust you. To, to more babies, to greater more, things. More yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, so we, I want to turn to the national scene at the moment because we talk about the neighborhood <laughs> and that that's where these ministries, including yours, is focused. But on the national scene, you know, we had last year the overturn of Roe versus Wade. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? It's. Uh... I'm I'm super glad that it happened, of course, uh, because Roe v. Wade was like a national. It was like a national sin over the entire nation. Now it's just gone to the states, and but it's saving so many lives. But but it seems like the states states are either getting entrenched and they're trying to to entrench 
abortion into their constitutions and and things like that, and just trying to they're just like a bunch of piranhas, you know, yeah. and uh, get all they can and take it, push the envelope as as far as they they can on abortion, and there it's it's horrendous. But uh, but there's states like like Texas and Tennessee and and ones that have uh, severely restricted abortion or and outright bandit that uh there's it's saving countless lives but i think one of the most significant things is that it's removed that somewhat that national sin of, of abortion if it being national blood guilt on our on our nation and uh, it's it's not time to roll over and go to sleep that's what i was going to um, ask because uh there can be the tendency to say, okay, well, that got overturned. Now I can just sit back. Uh, is that that's, what we should that's do? That's the worst thing that we we could do. There's there's uh, two words, two principal words for time in in the scriptures. One is chronos, and one is kairos. And chronos is like a chronological measurement of time—a watch, a sundial, a calendar. But kairos, that's chronos is man's time. Kairos is God's time, and when you have a kairos of time, that's a time when Saint Augustine said it's it's God who furnishes the wind. It's up to us to raise the sails. Mm. So you don't want to let a kairos go through your finger. You're going to wind up in a worse situation than ever. If you have mm. a kairos, is when God's anointing and and uh, momentum is with you, and you want to use that for because you know you're going to have divine assistance and we've been given a, a kairos and uh, it's time to spit on our hands and roll up our sleeves and and go to work and try to to do all that we can to uh, affect laws and um there's so many there's different philosophies about um uh, about pro-life activism there's uh immediatists who insists that, uh, and I'm, I'm glad they're there for sure, I've, but uh, that we should immediately end abortion. And uh, like the abolitionists and mm. uh, abolished human abortion, and uh, they went to end it now. And I'm, I've got a lot of friends that are abolitionists, but um, they went, it's, they're, they're incrementalists, and they, Actually, the abolitionists of slavery were used in communal means to end slavery. And if 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 the ground opened up and swallowed a couple of abortion clinics tonight, I would be an immediatist tomorrow. You're right. <laughs> but in you know, but they've got very very severe, uh, harsh uh, demands they want to, and, and I'm for them. But I just I just question whether it's it's time yet. My my philosophy isn't incrementalism or uh, immediatism. Mine is, if, I'm sure you probably heard the the starfish story where the little boy is throwing objects into the ocean and the and the man says, "What are you doing, little boy?" And he says, "Well, the the surf is in, and all these starfish are here in the shoreline, and if if it's going, the tide is going out. If I don't throw them these starfish into the ocean, they'll die." And, and the man says, "Little boy, there's." hundreds and hundreds of miles of, of shoreliners, thousands and thousands of starfish, you won't make a difference. And the little boy listened to him politely, then he reached down and he picked up a starfish and he threw it in the ocean and he said, I made a difference for that one. 
Oh, wow. That's my yeah. philosophy of, yeah. of pro-life. It's, yeah. it's not so much a political sphere or philosophy or, or method or te- technique. It's, it's just that one that's in, in front of me. I'm, mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll do what I can about pro-life. I, I won't vote or stand against any pro-life action that's going to save right. children, whether it's uh, an abolition bill or whether it's incremental bill. I won't stand in the way. We, But the abolitionists are right. You know, we, we shouldn't refrain from killing children because they have a detectable heartbeat. We shouldn't mm-hmm. refrain from children because they can, they're viable outside the womb. or they're, We shouldn't refrain from killing children because their father wasn't a rapist. We should refrain from killing children because they're children. Yes. And it doesn't matter how young or small they are, but but uh, anyway, that's my philosophy. Okay, very good. Uh, no, that's great. Thank you for sharing. Now, let's turn the corner, so to speak, and have a bit of a tough talk because in these two episodes, there has been uh, a missing piece, and that's the father. And when it comes to the fathers, you know, we could take two approaches. One is, you know, dump the loser approach, and there might be that necessity. But, of course, as kingdom people, you know, we would love for them to be like St. Augustine, who had an illegitimate child but uh, converted and had became a saint. You know, would hope these fathers become saints. Um, is there anything going on to help fathers that you're aware of or to just conjecture what can we do about the men in these scenarios? You know, I, I think the, the biggest reason for abortion is, is a lack of manhood in, in our culture. There's Our culture is uh, just fomenting a, a, a bunch of little boys in men's bodies, and they just want to... And there's, of course, there's exceptions, but the norm, that's, but the norm is men that are, are really not mature, not taking responsibility for their, their actions, and uh, the, the biggest number one factor that I, I find with, with women while they're having abortions is because they're being coerced by the man or the, the man is a real loser or whatever. They don't want to have this connection. They don't, they don't feel that their relationship is, is going to stand and they don't want to be bonded with this, this loser for the rest of their lives and over this child. So they want to break that bond. But, uh, yeah, that's that's a number one. That's the number one cause of, of abortion. If, if every man was like Saint Joseph, you know, chaste and holy and, and a worker and and willing to lay down his his life to to save that child, abortion would be almost almost uh, non-existent. Yeah, exactly. And how do, how do we get there? <laughs> that's another question. Well, but, I uh, think that Christians and churches need to. Uh, take it very serious to have ministries to build men. You know, I, I know Absolutely. there's the Catholic gentleman website. There's the Holy league. I, I uh, participate in the Holy league at my local parish. And then you, like I said, the Catholic gentleman website, you can subscribe to there and just get that needed. But churches need to intentionally reach out to these men. And Amen. Yes. Amen. Well, it's been a good conversation. I mean, this uh, is so eye-opening every time I talk to you, and I want to ask you if you have any final thoughts. Uh, 
I would just just say, just get involved, just show up, just uh, just pray, and uh, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. Open the open the door. Say say a simple prayer like God. If you want me to to get, step it up and on uh, behalf of the unborn, just make the, the scriptures say out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. If someone, I firmly believe, if someone is sincere and I say. Lord, give me that second or third witness of, to confirm how you want me to get involved with this, either financially or donate my, my time, like my friend Lloyd, just uh, renovating in the, on the maternity home, or, or get involved politically. A lot of people go to the Capitol and vote on, or uh, do expert witnesses on these and these bills. People can, can uh use their, donate their time at pregnancy centers or helping out, you know, mow the lawn at the pregnancy, or if someone has mechanical skills, you know, just fix the girl's car that's in a, in a unexpected pregnancy or mow her lawn or, or fix their, uh, carry their refrigerator over there, deliver or whatever, you know, but people, there's a lot of ways. And if, and if a, a man has got skills, if you just checks with the pregnancy center, checks with their respect, Life groups says, just put my name in the list. You know, if there's some way that I can help, I'm I'm available. Very good. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, it's been a, it's been an honor, and I thank you for the opportunity to to share. And uh, yeah, if, if uh, anybody would like to be involved, uh, or just follow me on Facebook, or I can give them the, the link. If you uh, shuttle them my way, I can. Give them the link to my blog if they're not on on social media as well. And what is the website you had mentioned? Okay, we 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 have a a uh, this is brand brand new. We're just making Skype calls. I've got like a dozen girls that want to share their stories on our on our new site. It's the link for it is no greater love dot life, and it's got our trailers. It's got my blog and a the blogs of my friends that are filmmakers and we're going to be sharing a lot of, I know a lot of pro-life activists have really dedicated their lives. Some of them, they, they have more sanctity in their pinky probably than I'll ever have, <laughs> but we're going to be going to be telling their stories, but, uh, no greater love dot life. And, uh, you can, you can watch our trailer there and there's a way to donate or whatever, but we're going to, it's going to be an ongoing film, series we went to we'd like to travel to city after city and find their cabins and their yes their uh michael davis's that are making a difference and then tell their stories that the girls have chosen life for ministries that are thinking outside of the box and and uh just show how people how to make an in, impact and that's effective and uh, get involved and see a lot of you get I always tell people if if you want to see a lot of divine monkey business going on, you just do what what we do, because God delights to get involved. You'll be blown away how things just all come together for people and resources and uh, healing. You know, it's it's just uh, God. God is very much into the least of these. Yeah. So one of the things that I love. Uh, Sometimes you'll text me uh, about a baby save or something uh, out of the ordinary that happens. You always say, Michael, God's sticking his nose in my business again. <laughs> so, yeah. 
I love it. Yes. Well, um, if you do want to be connected to Kevin on Facebook, please email us here at sjcommonsense at gmail.com and we'll get you connected to Kevin. Well, there you have it. Real live examples of people creating a just society in very creative ways with what they have to work with within their own neighborhood. And you can do just that. Whether it is the injustice of abortion and broken homes, whether it's child slave labor, homelessness, or whatever the injustice may be, you can create a just society right where you are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis. A common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.